faith without works is dead because in that relationship we have to have an action that moves us forward. When you love God, you're going to embrace what God gives you in the way of blessings, and you're going to share with others the good news, and it will make the difference in your life. Today, I want to talk for a little bit about a part of spiritual warfare that I think is very important. It's one that's often forgotten in the midst of our dressing for the battle that we go out toward every day. Because sometimes a shield of faith is something that we simply put on lightly or softly and not consider the importance of that. But our faith bolsters us in a way that nothing else can. Our faith is our shield and without it we are exposed to the enemy and we are vulnerable. Paul uses the Roman shield to give the readers a literal example of the purpose of our faith. He saw that shield because he understood that very often, or when they had the belt girded about their waist, they would hook their shield on the side or the back of that and take it with them everywhere so they could use their hands freely when they were not in battle. But there were two shields that Roman soldiers used. And I want you to think about this for a little bit because as we think about faith, let's think about real faith versus an imitation faith. And in this, you will see the transformation of your own faith if you understand what Paul is saying. Now there is a faith that will not stand. And that's a faith that we pick up and we say, well, I've got faith. And what we're stating is basically, well, I, I believe all the facts and figures. I believe the Bible is true and I know all these things are correct. That's not faith. That's just admitting or assenting to the fact that Scripture is real. Faith is much more personal. It's much more real. It's full of purpose. Faith is that thing that will keep you standing out at the bus stop waiting for your mom to pick you up after school when everybody else has left and you know she said, I will be there for you. And you don't move because you know she will be there. I was that, that kid years ago and I'll never forget that. I was waiting and I kept thinking about what time it was and everybody else had been picked up. But when I saw my mother's car turn the corner and come flying down towards me, I knew that my faith had been rewarded by knowing that she would fulfill what she had said. God has that kind of trust in us. He's given to us the greatest opportunity in the world. He's given to us the possession of salvation, the gift of his son's blood for us to cover our sins. He's given his Holy Spirit within us to, to fill us. And because of that, we've got to trust him today more than ever before. Now, there, there is a shield that the Roman soldiers would carry with them and it was for public parades and it was for ceremonies. It was a small round shield about this big around. And it looked nice. It very often had symbols on there of maybe their rank or their position or, or, or the, the group that they were with. It let people know the battles they'd been through. Many of them were decorated. But it was a purposeless, meaningless shield because it was just for parades. It had no abilities to, to ward off any, any danger from anyone else. They couldn't defend themselves from a sword or a spear or an arrow with it. Uh, it could be very easily destroyed. It carried with it etchings and symbols on it, but really no authority to do anything. It was just for show. It was beautiful to see. And sometimes that's the kind of faith we have. We have a faith that looks good, and, and we proclaim it to people. We let them know what we trust in. But it's not battle-worn. It's not a faith that's been through a storm. It's not a faith that's been tried and tested. 
It's not a faith that, that has seen disaster and survived that. There are many Christians whose, whose faith shield is decorated with many things about their works and what they've done. But it doesn't proclaim their trust in God in, in every way that they walk. They parade their faith around safely where there is no danger. They never get off in any treacherous area where they have to trust God alone and take an opportunity to stand for what is true and right. No, they huddle safely in the crowd of the church. You see, our Christianity doesn't work best in this building. It works best out there in the world. It's when we face the disasters of life and we understand what's going on. Then we realize what our faith is. Jesus is, isn't all you need and all you want until he's all you have. And in those storms, we determine who and what we are. It was not when Job was resting with his family around a banquet, a feast of celebration, that he knew who God was. It was when he was covered with sores, sitting alone with no one but his detractors criticizing him that he could look up and proclaim, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That was when his faith became strong. And it was the Apostle Paul writing these words to the Christians in Galatia while he was chained to a wall and chained to a Roman soldier. Looking at the shield that he had with him, that rugged, battle-worn shield, the one that covered two-thirds of his body, the one that had been hacked on and torn up and was covered with mud. But you knew the test of faith was real because the soldier was still standing. And the, the shield worked. And it lasted. Sometimes when the enemy attacks, we have the wrong shield. We hold up a testimony of what we've done, not what the Lord can do. I remind you that in Scripture we're warned that when, when Satan attacks us, we're not to rebuke him in our own words, but even the angels of heaven look at him and say, The Lord rebuke thee. Not even his equal, another archangel, but the Lord rebuke thee. That is the power of our faith, and, and that's what we are to stand by. And so often in life, we forget about the power of that. Now, there is a faith that will stand the test, and you will be tested for your faith. Many Christians cruise through life, and they try to avoid the problems of life, or, or they, they do what I call the Scarlet O'Hara uh, attempt. You say, I'll worry about it tomorrow. And many people do that. I remember so often the motto of a friend of mine said, why worry about tomorrow what you can worry about next week? And you just keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. No, faith says that I will stand the test now. I will not run from the storm. I will know that the shield of God is extremely tough and exceptionally durable. The shield of faith reminds us that he is there with us through all storms. Sometimes the most deadly thing we go through is anticipating what storm will come next. 
We get battered and bruised. We go through the situations in life we never anticipated or expected. God never fails us. How do you prepare to go through life alone when you're surrounded by those that you love? Yet so often we face that. How do you prepare to go through illness when you've had perfect health and you've worked so hard at it and surely that's what you deserve? Yet the reality is we all face that battle. God has a way of taking our circumstances in life and and quickening us and conditioning us for life. Not just life here on earth, but life eternal. He prepares us for that. You know, the, the reality is the, the Roman soldiers would prepare their shields very carefully. Very often their shields would be the frame of wood, but would be covered over with an animal hide. They'd take these hides and they'd put several layers on there, and they'd soak it in water until it would harden afterwards and it would be almost almost like steel very often they'd sit around and they'd patch them at night to repair what was done to them and they were a little bit proud of the scars I can think of the poem by James Russell Lowell that says can we have traveled far who hath no wound nor scar no we can't We've got to understand that in life there are going to be scars. And we prepare for that battle. You know, Satan's not going to be interested in you unless you're doing something for Christ. He'll leave you alone if you're simply living for yourself. He's happy. You're, you're taking care of his job for him when you do nothing for Christ. But when you take a stand for the Lord, when you make a commitment, and you say, Lord, I'm going to come to God's house and worship. I'm going to be faithful in that. I'm going to learn and grow I'm going to prepare for the future because I don't know what the future holds but you do and I trust you with preparing me for that when you make a commitment like that there will be circumstances that are difficult he will throw things in your way that will cause problems and frustrations and anxieties but the reality is God is fit for that he will defend you the shield of faith will protect you but I want you to also realize this, true faith will flourish and not decline. In life, if we don't use our muscles, they'll atrophy, we're told. If we don't exercise, we'll end up in trouble. But the same is true with faith. Our faith must be exercised for it to flourish and to grow. doesn't mean that it's always pretty. The battles we go through are rough sometimes, and, and they wear us out. There are times we want to give up. When Paul said, you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, he meant just that. The shield of faith will cause you to stand up for what's true and right, even when you're not sure of the outcome. It will remind you that God is there as your shield and your protector because you serve a purpose in his kingdom. The shield of faith is your protection against the enemy. And it should be with you wherever you go. Soldier never went about without a shield. The shield would protect him when he couldn't draw a sword or pick up a lance or draw an arrow across his bow. It let him know that he could defend himself at a moment's notice. 
It was, if you will, his Kevlar vest, as people would wear today in law enforcement. When Paul begins to list the pieces of our spiritual armor, he starts out with that belt girt about your loins. And and that belt was what they carried many things on, just like a, a policeman or soldier today will wear a belt, and that belt will carry many things that they need. So that shield would be carried with them everywhere. They were never without it. They understood the shield for us today is the Word of God. This is our shield of faith. And it's no more strong than what we allow it to be in our lives. How do you handle the Word of God? Do you delicately read a verse a day and and say a very quiet, pietistic prayer, God bless me and bless everything I do today, protect me and keep me safe? Or do you grapple with this Word? you struggle with it? Do you read it and sometimes get frustrated because you fully can't grasp what God is saying for you to do and where you should move forward? Does the the future look sometimes frustrating because it doesn't seem to be a clear path? And the reality is God will clear that path for us. He doesn't have to show us the path. He just simply has to clear it for us, and we have to trust him. Our shield of faith matters. Your faith is attached to the Word of God. And you are no more strong than you are in reading God's Word. Your faith and its strength is directly tied to your knowledge and understanding of God. I've always believed that God gives us what we need when we need it. Far too many times I have picked up a devotional or a commentary or a book to read about God's Word. And I begin to read and it's almost like it was written two hours before knowing my circumstance right now. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. He gives us what we need when we need it. And that is so powerful. No one else can do that. You can't get that out of a fortune cookie, if you know what I mean. You can't get that out of a horoscope. You can't get that with advice from a friend because their understanding of you is so limited. But God knows all about you. And he can give you what you need when you need it in that area of faith. When you become sure about something and you trust, you begin to expect something. It's amazing. Remember when you first learned to drive, ride a bike? For some reason, I never had a bike with training wheels. I don't know if my parents just didn't want to spend the extra dollars for them or what but I never had bike with training wheels and we lived on a hill our, our, our street sloped straight downward so you can guess what happened we started going downward and just prayed the brakes would work and I learned to drive pretty much how to steer around people and, and stay safe but when I got secure when I felt secure about moving around and maybe jumping up on a sidewalk or down into the street or moving around with a bike, I could do something. I didn't just simply concentrate entirely on staying up on the bike. That's the way it is in our faith. When you become sure of your faith, you begin to expect something mighty. And God expects something out of you. He will allow the storms of life to quicken you and make you the person you need to be. 
If you spend your life running from those storms, that will occupy your time and you'll never grow. But it's through those storms you will mature. Through those storms you will, you will receive the tools to help those that you love navigate through their storms in life. You can stand beside them when they're fearful and you can say, let me share with you the hope that I had, the struggle that I went through the storm that I have struggled with and how God got me through it. And then you can stand by them and encourage them as they go through their storm. Paul said to those in, in Romans chapter 10, he said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You may be the voice of God to someone through your journey of faith. And they need to hear that. Not everybody will listen to a preacher. A lot of folks won't come to church. They won't even pick up a book or a pamphlet to read. But they'll hear your words. And sometimes the words that you share can change their life, can begin that step that they need. We live in an unsure world. We don't know what the future holds. We have no idea. We don't even know who's in control anymore, do we? Not in this world. But we know that God is in control of our life. Now, I don't put a lot of stock in this world because I know it's all going to end up one big cinder one day. God's going to call the church out of the world and then we know a process begins called the tribulation period and we know that it won't be pleasant, it won't be good. It says the earth will groan in anticipation. Jesus who came as the meek and the lowly lamb of God ready to be slaughtered will come back ruling and reigning and he will lead an army and he will destroy the forces of evil but until then we do our spiritual battle covertly individually in our personal life you look at an individual riding down the road and, and they look pleasant and they look fine but you don't know the battle they're going through in their heart and in their mind you don't know the set of circumstances they're struggling with you open the doors of your business and your employees come in and, and you, you're not sure where they've been or what they've been through in life. They may have spent the entire night in a battle against evil or clinging to the one bit of hope that they have. And yet your words can help bring them an understanding of God. That's who we are as Christians. The spiritual warfare we fight is mighty. And many times we are blind to it. Sometimes we overlook it. Sometimes we're too busy looking at our own life to see the life of someone else that's struggling. But I encourage you to do something that Jesus did so wonderfully in his earthly ministry. He gave himself away. He lived for others. did for them. I found that sometimes in life when, when I was struggling with something that was almost insurmountable, the best thing I could do is, rather than stand there and stare at it was to do something for someone else. And in doing that, God will bless you in a mighty way. And he will increase your faith and he will give you the strength to do what you need to do. Strong faith is determined by the presence or the absence of the power of God in your life. And you determine day by day how much of that power you take with you. We've got a long weekend. Remember, you've got tomorrow off. Isn't that great? Most of you do. 
The reality is that in that time, you can refresh and recommit. Some people have to work tomorrow. Whatever you do, God is going to give you the faith to get through the circumstance that you face. There's some people that will go out today, and, and today will be the last day of a normal life they'll ever live. They'll face a tragedy, a disaster. Unforeseen, unexpected. Yet their life will change 180 degrees. God is able to get us through that storm. Others will go out and they'll fall into the life of the mundane day after day after day and we're lulled to sleep and we believe that somehow that, that life's okay, sort of okay. But Satan will put us to sleep and desensitize us to the potential of what we have to do in his kingdom. We will draw a circle and put ourselves in the middle and that's all we'll care about. Now, I'll tell you this, the person who does that is in more danger than the individual that's heading toward a 180-degree change in their life. God can handle those changes in our lives, and He can use them to strengthen us and bolster us. He can use us as a witness to someone else. But if we fold within ourselves and focus only on ourselves, we will become the most useless people that have ever lived. You know the story of the rich young ruler that came to Jesus by night and he spoke to him and and wanted to know what he must do really to inherit the kingdom of God to be a servant of God and Jesus didn't give him a teaching from scripture he looked into his heart and gave him a very personal diagnosis for scripture doesn't say that you have to give up anything you have to follow Christ it says you have to hold things carefully that you can't prize material possessions over your relationship with him but he looked in the eyes of this young man who had apparently a lot and he said you need to sell all you have and follow him because he knew that as much as he held on to his possessions the possessions were really holding on to him and it said that he walked away very sad you see, not every story that Jesus told turned out with a good ending. It wasn't the perfect, you know, sitcom. 30 minutes and every, everything gets fixed by the end of the sitcom. No, life's not that way. But that's why you and your faith need to be a witness to those round about you. You need to let them know of the difference Jesus has made in your life. And you say, preacher, how am I supposed to do that? How do I go into a conversation like that? as easily as you sit up and talk about a ball game you've watched or a hobby you enjoy or a mutual interest that someone has. Just open the conversation up. I've been amazed at the time when I would begin to talk about my faith in Christ and people would look at me and they'll say, I'm glad you shared that. I need that. Realize this, that that, that, that little voice in your head that says, this is the person that needs to hear truth, that voice is not you. That's the Holy Spirit. And you're picking up that shield of faith and you're sharing truth that will transform them forever. Are you willing to do that for a friend? Are you willing to share with a loved one? Are you willing to give hope to them that would change their life forever?
could very well be the greatest gift you could ever get, give in the midst of your armament that you wear in spiritual warfare. And may God bless you as you do that today. Let us pray. Father, I pray that your holy word would permeate our hearts and our lives, that we would understand the power that's in your word, and that we would understand it's not our words, it's not what we say, but it's what you say through us that will change those round about us. Father, speak to someone this morning, someone that's seeking hope and help, someone that's trying to find their way to what is right, and may your voice Give them that peace of knowing the direction they're heading in. And Lord, if you're speaking to someone this morning that's desiring to, to make a decision for you, possibly to join this church or come forward and be baptized, or just make a renewed commitment to you, may this be the day of decision for them. For often that decision that's made here, surrounded by the body of Christ, with others praying for you as you make that decision, there's power in that as we put on the whole armor of God to go out into a world and to make a difference. Father, speak to someone even now. Give them a faith that is resilient and real that will cause them to move and respond because you love them even now. And we pray this in your holy name, Lord. Amen. Please turn to 430.